we're trying to create people who are a force to be reckoned with, who don't, who don't just know what they believe, but they know why they believe it, and they can defend it articulately, passionately, and without backing down. Not being a jerk, but certainly um, not letting down. Their truth and their core political belief is their religion. And they are so adamant and passionate and emotional about it because that is their God with a little G. God really pressed on his heart. You need to go back to the girl that you had that abortion with and you need to apologize to her. And you need to apologize to her face to face. Fetus phobic is someone who is afraid of the natural consequences of heterosexual sex and is terrified of a preborn child, of a little baby. And I like to say that Roe v. Wade is the story or the court case everyone has heard of, but nobody knows anything about. Welcome, as I said, Dr. Alveda King to Fide's podcast. Dr. King, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jerry, and hello, everyone. Uh, Governor Walker, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Uh, great to be with you. I should say it's a pleasure for me to be here. I think Rush is doing that, too, and he's doing it at a time of covid the crisis and he is he's basically saying look i may be dying but i'm not dead father pavone thank you so much for being here thanks jerry it's great to be with you and uh, with our viewers but they have an objective the objective is more tax money more control and a promotion of a political ideology it's a pro-socialist secular worldview Hello, welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I'm your host, and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. We talk about truth on this program all the time, and that is something I relish and I revel in is truth. In the issue of race, there is a lot of non-truth, and there's also a lot of truth-telling by a lot of really great people that are out there to talk about the truth of race in this country. One of those individuals is my guest today, Nina May. Nina is a writer, producer, and director of the Renaissance Women's Productions. Nina, welcome to Fide's podcast. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I thank you for being here. So this is actually a topic I have loved learning about myself. I'll be perfectly honest. You know, it's the truth of race in the Democrat Party and the Republican Party in this country is something that I wasn't as familiar with or knowledgeable of up until, you know, maybe five or six years ago. Uh, so, so I definitely want to talk about that. Before we start that, though, tell us a little bit about Renaissance Women's Productions and your role, and then we'll, then we'll get into the, the race stuff. Well, we started about 20, 25 years ago, and uh, the purpose is to be able to find undiscovered talent, either in front of or behind the camera. So every one of our productions has, again, undiscovered talent. So it helps to jumpstart careers because our problem or issue at that time was that or when we when we did it was that a lot of these young kids, incredibly talented kids, feel they've got to go out to Hollywood. They're talented and they're great, but they got to go out to Hollywood and they feel that's the only way to do it. And they get out there and they get the horrors of the casting couch and the, the debauchery. And, you know, they've got to do things they don't want to do in order to, you know, make it in the business. And then they come back totally ruined. They don't make it, obviously, because they've sold their souls. So we said, OK, there's got to be a way to allow them to be creative and perform this amazing gift that God has given them without compromising their values. So all of our sets are family friendly. They're totally safe places. Um, we pray before we, we shoot every day and uh, no one's 
required to be there, but we feel that it just sort of sets a wonderful tone uh, for the day. And it's because a lot of things can go wrong in production, believe me. And um, so we say, you know, if y'all want to join us, we're going to be over here praying. And we've never had anyone have any issues with it or, you know, say they don't want to do it because a lot of times you'll get crews, film crews that are professionals. They come straight out of, you know, wherever Hollywood and, you know, they're professionals. And so the idea of praying for them is like, what? You said what? And then at the end of the shoot, they'll go, this has been the most wonderful set to be on. You can just feel the, the love that everyone has for each other. There's a peace about it. And uh, we want to come back. So it's, you know, we, we sow good seed, basically. That's fantastic. That is really nice to hear because, uh, yeah, you're, t- you're talking about the disaster and uh, all, all the debauchery that's in Hollywood, right? And and it doesn't have to be that way. There's a, there, It's such a great medium to to do a lot of things. And, you know, one of the things that you did is you, you make, uh, you do a lot of things, but one in which in regards to race, which I want to talk about, and I'm really excited to talk about because what you're doing is not only, you know, producing something really great, you're educating people mm-hmm. about the truth here. So I'm actually going to play just that, the, the quick clip that's on on the website um, that, that gives a, a quick, view of the Emancipation Revelation Revolution, um, a great documentary. Um, so I'll play it here and then um, then we'll talk about it and other things. Does critical race theory teach that Democrats fought a war to keep slavery alive or that Democrats unanimously opposed the 13th, 14th and 15th Amendments or that Democrats founded the KKK? Did you know the Republican Party was founded specifically to abolish slavery? Go to errvideo.com and learn the real history of racism in America. Nothing has changed in 160 years. Know the truth about CRT. Go to errvideo.com. So tell us about this documentary. What motivated you to to do this? And then what are people going to find once they watch this? Well, it's the history of the civil rights movement in America and the role that both parties played in it. And what happens today when um, conservative blacks leave that liberal plantation and embrace the party of Lincoln and how they're treated, the names are called by the Democrats, the same party that divided this nation on the issue of slavery and race. A lot of people, especially Republicans, do not know that the Republican Party was founded in 1854 as an abolitionist party. That was their whole purpose in, in, in finding it was all white men, too. You know, so there was nothing racial about it. They were white men that were willing to give their lives to set the captives free, to free the slaves in the South. And um, uh, again, they were they were all white. They had they don't didn't own slaves, but they knew that what was happening was wrong. The Christians and the the um, the pastors and everything were coming behind them, and they were you know persecuted obviously for for this position. So they formed this party. Lincoln was the very first Republican to ever run for president. Of course, we know he was the Great Emancipator and the Emancipation Proclamation. But a few other things that people don't realize is that. Um, uh, Charles Sumner was the founder of the Republican Party, and he would give these amazing speeches on the, the Senate floor about slavery and the evils of slavery and how horrible it was. Well, one day when he was given one of these speeches, a, a Democrat from the House came over and started beating him with his club, with his cane, which had a big knob on the end of it, almost killed him. And, um, you know, the point was, that yeah, that'll do him. Well, this guy, Preston Brooks, became a hero of the Democrats because he beat a, a, a an abolitionist on the floor of the Senate. Well, Sumner 
took him three years to get well. He came back. First thing he did when he got back on the floor of the Senate was to start talking about abolition again and talking against slavery. So that was the heart of the people that founded the Republican Party. Yeah, there actually were Republicans that had backbone. Isn't that exciting to see? Yeah, we need some we need some of him today, right? Oh, totally. Well, that's one of the reasons I did it. I was tired of the Democrats because I knew where the bodies were buried. I was tired of them saying that I was a racist because I belonged to the party of Lincoln. Are you kidding me? Seriously? Let me see if I got this right. You guys founded the KKK as a terrorist arm of your party in 1866. You unanimously oppose the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments. You instituted Jim Crow laws to keep blacks from voting because at that time, every single black was voting Republican. You could see them coming a mile away like, oh, there's two Republicans. Hurry, Fred, get out the jar of jelly beans. You know, they had all these these um, tests that they had to go, you know, poll taxes and literacy tests in order to be able to vote because they knew they were going to vote Republican. So it wasn't whites keeping blacks from voting. It was Democrats keeping black Republicans from voting. So that's that's been another one of those you know, uh, fallacies that has been perpetrated and with the revisionists that's gone on down through history. And a lot of people go, well, that was then, this is now, nobody's talking about slavery anymore, which actually they should, because there's a lot of slavery going on in the world. But okay, let's get, let's move forward, you know, 150 years. You've got Joe Biden, the vice president of the United States, giving the eulogy of a Klegal, a Democrat senator, Klegal of the KKK. That means he's a recruiter of the KKK. This is just a few years ago when our president was the vice president. He's given a eulogy for a KKK leader. Where's the outrage on that? Why isn't he considered a white supremacist? Why isn't Joe Manchin, who's standing right behind uh, Robert Byrd is his name, Senator Robert Byrd, standing right behind him? Why isn't he considered a white supremacist? Why is he still a senator? In the in the first place, you know, if white supremacy is so horrible and, you know, being a white KKK supporter is so horrible, why is he still a senator? So there are a lot of questions. Again, I just was tired of being called a racist. Yeah. And and you know what? I am, too. And I think a lot of people are because you you, you don't even have to be white and be called a racist. Right. Candace Owens is a racist. Um, Larry, Larry Elder is a racist. And I mean, it's it's you can't escape it. You know, like or like or dislike Donald Trump. I like him. He went his whole life without being a racist, including doing many great things for black people. And suddenly when it's he's a Republican, he's a racist. Yeah, and exactly. we just throw this word around and it's and it's really it's really sickening. Yeah. What racism means now, if you call someone a racist, basically means I disagree with you. You're a racist. I disagree with you. you. Might as well just say I disagree with you, but it's easier to say you're racist. It's a lot shorter. Right, right. Anyone <laughs> who disagreed with Barack Obama was a racist, racist exactly. as though no president ever has been disagreed with before. And, right. But suddenly it, it yeah, happens now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, so th- th- that a lot of that information, I think, is really important because you will not get that in schools ever. You won't get it anywhere. You won't get the mainstream media today talking about that. It probably would blow most people's minds if you went out on the street and talked to Democrats, blacks and told them this. Oh, absolutely. In fact, my target market when I produced this documentary and I let me put out, you know, cards on the table. I produced this almost 18 years ago when no one was even talking about race. I mean, it wasn't even on the issue. It's almost like it was prophetic. Like God said, okay, do this now, because in about 18 years, you're going to really need it. So we dusted it off for, you know, this whole CRT 
stuff that's that's out there that's lying to kids. It's turning them into racist. It's turning them into hate against each other. I mean, that it's horrific what they're doing. It's child abuse. It's absolutely child abuse. So when the CRT came out, I realized it's the same thing. The Republicans don't know their history. The RNC is clueless of their history. So I said, we've got to get our act together. We've got to start educating ourselves, educating each other. Otherwise, they're going to get away with this time and time again until the point is we were so marginalized, we'll have no voice in society at all. So I'm pushing back and I'm pushing back big. But again, the reason I did it was because I was tired of being called a racist, especially like by people like Bill Clinton, whose mentor was uh, Senator Fulbright, who was a huge segregationist racist. That's your mentor. Think about this. Hillary's, Hillary Clinton's mentor was Robert Byrd. You know, that doesn't make any sense. How come she hasn't been painted with that big broad brushstroke of, of racism and white supremacy? What's the other one they call it? Um, white privilege, white yes. Privilege. Yeah, no, here's my white privilege. I was born in America. You know, that's the privilege I have. I was born in a free country. Yeah, I think LeBron James's kids have some good privilege, certainly over mine. They can go and do just about anything. Uh, mine, uh, we have to check our budget before we do stuff. So, yeah, so that's really great. I, I love it. I love when we when people like you push back and you and, and you're pushing back with truth, right? You're not pushing back with anything false or or inappropriate. It's just simply, hey, here are the facts and here are the truth. So, um, I want to talk about another area that is very misconstrued and lied to a lied about, and that is the Southern strategy. So for those, I'll I'll actually let you explain it, what is meant by the left when they talk about the Southern strategy, and then tell us the truth behind it. That is one that's absolutely been flipped on its head. And I can say from a personal experience, I was a product of the Southern strategy. What the left says a Southern strategy was, was that all of those um, racist Democrats they went over to the Republican Party, and that's why the Republican Party is so racist. But it got all the racists out of the Democrats, just kind of squeezed that rag, and all the racists went over to the Republican Party. That's not the truth. The truth is, is that, and I'll tell you who was the, the author of that, or the, you know, I guess you'd say the author of it was Pat Buchanan, who's still alive. So if people want to know what the whole purpose of the Southern strategy is. He was the architect of it. Go talk to him. But the purpose was for the, the Republicans seeing is around the time of the civil rights era and the, the dogs were being unleashed on the blacks and the, the fire hoses and stuff. And of course, Republicans have been fighting that racism for a long time. And they were shocked by it, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Well, the Democrats in the South who had never really seen that, sort of the moderates were going, that's horrible. So the, the Republicans were there going, well, we give you an option. We belong to the party of Lincoln. We belong to the party of abolition. We belong to you know, the party that says what they're doing is absolutely horrible. Why don't you become a Republican? And so that's why the, the Democrats who were so offended by what their own party was doing to keep Blacks from integrating into society, they went over to the party of Nixon. And that's what the Southern strategy was all about. It was brilliant. And, and, and I always ask people that, that make that point to say, well, you know, it seems strange that as the South and, and all of the United States became less racist, the South became more Republican, right? You, you have on, on, your, on the website looking at um, talking about people being judged by the content of their, of their character, right? And when, and when Black conservatives, which there are a lot more of them than there used to be, which is fantastic to see suddenly they're not judged by the content of their character anymore, right? No, no. Well, they're judged, but the judgment is harsh. 
They're basically being vilified. They're being marginalized, dehumanized because they dare get off that that liberal plantation of you know oppression. And we're so silly, so you know we're victims of the system. That's what CRT is. You're a victim of the system. You're a victim of the white man. You're a victim of freedom whatever. And so we're going to have to take care of you. Well, that's what they've been saying for what, 60 years since the great society and look at the black community. I mean, they've absolutely divided it. They've demolished it except for the conservative blacks. They go, Whoa, Whoa. You know what? It's just like Trump said, what do you have to lose by trying, trying on another party? So in our ERR video, emancipation, revelation, revolution, we interviewed about 40 black conservative leaders and the horrible discrimination they go through. And I've told many of them, I said, it's like you guys are living through a second civil rights movement. You had to go through the first one, which was based on on the color of your skin. And now it's based on the content of your character. And there's just something wrong about that. My dear friend, Alveda King, who is, is in our movie, said that, you know what, when you cut us all, we all bleed red. It's the same blood. God has the same blood in each one of us. The color of the skin is irrelevant. It's the color of the blood that counts. And um, and she's fabulous. I mean, she's been doing you know some amazing things and bridging gaps and, and all, but but still they won't give up. They still are so upset that every single black is not on their plantation. Yeah, it's a power thing, and you know you, you you started talking. Yeah, you started talking about the the sort of the the nanny state and and the government the left telling uh, blacks hey don't worry we'll take care of you and that gets into the discussion i was just listening to some the some other interviews you've given to uh, to prepare for this and you you talk about socialism and and so while i understand it and i really hope my avid listeners understand um, the relationship here between race and socialism um, you know, explain why it's important that you talk about socialism when we're talking about the underlying issue of race. Because socialism is slavery. It's a control. It basically takes your freedoms away. Forget the color. It doesn't matter what color you are. When socialism, socialism is Marxism. It's the same thing. It's just a cuter name. But Marxism totally tells you exactly what their agenda is. But that is all about control. It's all about you know, dehumanization. It's about marginalization. It's about telling people you are a pawn in this machine called the government. You have no rights. You literally are all together. All blacks and whites will be on this great big Marxist plantation together. And there'll be a a handful of people that would be controlling it. There'll be the elite. It's funny because W.E.B. Du Bois, it was a contemporary of, of Booker T. Washington, he was a, a Marxist and he believed in this theory of the talented 10th. And he said, there's a 10% of the population that's smarter than the other 90% and worthy to rule. And that basically, Plato said that, a Marxist said that, I mean, every Mao, I mean, Che Guevara, I mean, every single one of the, the monsters we've had in history has said that exact same thing, that they are more worthy than the rest of us. And trust me, they could care less what your skin color is. They're going to put everyone on that plantation. So yeah, sl- socialism is slavery. If you don't want to be a slave, get out of the socialist mantra that they've created for you. And capitalism is freedom, right? I think, um, you know, my one of my favorite people uh, and definitely economist Milton Friedman said, where you have freedom, you have capitalism, right? We don't have to, it doesn't matter the name. We don't have to call it capitalism. If we have freedom, we have capitalism because that's what it is and does. So another area that's actually really interesting that I wasn't 
I honestly wasn't fully aware of, which I, this is why I love learning these things because I'm seeking the truth. I think we all are, whether we realize it or not, is the, is the left's um, attack and, and equal um, means of trying to stop women's rights, i.e. the 19th Amendment, women voting and participating. Um, I wasn't fully aware that the Democrat Party was also trying to stop that, correct? Absolutely. It was the Republican Party that gave women the right to vote. I mean, they were marching right alongside of the suffragette. It was the Democrats that did not want that to happen. And in fact, I mean, you can go back to almost every every um, time period in our society and all of the ills point directly to the Democrats. For example, the very first movie ever shown in the White House was Birth of a Nation. Birth of, Birth of a Nation glorified the KKK. And guess who was the president of the White House was Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson was a huge supporter of the KKK. And again, that's maybe 100 years ago. So it's not been that long since they've continued to you know, again, try and keep that plantation open and keep putting people on through harassment, through scare tactics, through terror. I mean, look at how they're treating people today. They're terrorizing people. You want to talk about, you know, homegrown terrorists or white terrorists. All you have to do is look at Antifa, look at, you know, all the people that are behind that. Look at the people that are burning down the inner cities. I mean, those are terrorists. Yet suddenly, if you're a Republican and maybe you were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, you're a domestic terrorist. How'd that happen? But if you're at the southern border and you're coming over with, you know, guns and you want to destroy Americans, no, you're just misunderstood. And we need to have an open mind about letting you in our country. Seriously? So, you know, basically the way I look at it anymore is if we want to know the truth, we just simply have to do or view the opposite of what the Democrat Party yeah. has always done and is currently doing. And, and that includes anything that they say, such as you bring up January 6th. Literally, we're just seeing video that was finally released. It was fought against being released. And so much of the video is Antifa members and the Trump supporters trying to stop them from being violent. And images from inside the Capitol, it looks like people are in a museum. They're looking around, exactly. taking pictures. Exactly. I mean, that wasn't an insurrection. It's a no, joke. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And, and I think the, the truth is going to come out more and more. Every yeah, day. It, it always does. Just like uh, Trump colluded with Russia and we find out, as so many of us knew, that that wasn't true at all. Um, one last thing before we end. I want to, uh, you, you have a, uh, a romantic comedy called First Lady, A Modern Fairy Tale. Tell me about that. Well, we had just finished doing our post-apocalyptic dramatic series called Daily Bread. The motto is, if you like God, guns, and girls, you're going to love Daily Bread. So for two years, we're surrounded by camo and dirt and guns. And it was, you know, a lot of hard shooting, a lot of exterior shooting and everything. Everyone did a fabulous job. But I said, oh, I would just like to do something that's a little different. I know, romantic comedy. So I went from camo to glamo. And I'd had this script and I'd sent it to my dear friend, Susan, uh, Nancy Stafford, who, you know, she was on Matlock and, you know, all these wonderful shows in the 80s and 90s. And uh, she loved it. She goes, oh, my gosh, I'd love to play that role. Corbin Burnson plays the part of the king, who's basically they they, you know, were they first loved for each other when they were teenagers. And now her husband died. She was the first lady and the vice president comes in. He's a bachelor. So they need her to pull him over the line. So she literally runs for the office of first lady. There really is no office, but you know, it's a romantic comedy. So she runs for the office, which opens the door for Max, the King now to come back into her life. But 
he has to sort of disguise himself once again. So he disguises himself as the, the granddaughter's bodyguard. And it's very cute. It's, it's just this really cute uh, love relationship that develops between them. And uh, they find they're happily ever after, which is fun. So you're doing a lot of really great stuff. So so share with, with everybody listening where they can find you and connect with you and uh, have access to these uh, so many great documentaries. I would start with the portal of errvideo.com because that'll take you to, that's ER, it's Emancipation Revelation Revolution um, video.com. It's easier than remembered Renaissance Women Productions. That's kind of long. So you go through that and you'll see ERR, you'll see reparations who should pay, uh, sla- socialism and slavery, uh, do these Black Lives Matter? So a lot of the shorts that we've done. And then up at the top, you know, where they've got the list of, you know, this, I think you go home or Renaissance Women Productions or other projects or whatever. And it keeps you in the loop of, of all the projects we're doing. You can see, you know, all the episodes of uh, Daily Bread. The first season's got 12 episodes and it's a lot of fun. I love post-apocalyptic, but it's a post-apocalyptic with with hope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I'm sharing sharing my screen here for oh, those, yeah, that's it. That's for those watching. Uh, yeah, it's errvideo.com. Right, exactly. And then, and then see it where it says at the top, it says more from RWP. Yep. There you go. Yeah, you click on that, and then you should, it should take you to a lot of the other projects that we've got. Um, the the addendum to, or the asset, I guess you would call it, to Daily Bread. You see the women up there. Aren't they gorgeous in their, with their weapons and everything? Uh, the addendum is how to survive the coming apocalypse that's down at the bottom, We've got a thriller right next to it that right now is an ebook, Cowboys, Bikers, and Fishermen. And um, we want to turn that into a, a movie. It's basically two treatments that I put together that are very compelling. I mean, it's a page turner. It's basically four foreign nationals plan an, an external, internal attack on the United States. And these three baby boomer brothers have to save America. It's very cute. It's very fun. And, uh, you know, so just we got a ton of ton of products and a ton of things that we've done and there should be a picture of first lady on here yeah there you see it there's first lady right there yeah this is corbin and nancy and uh they were a delight to work with so much fun so much fun but the very first one of feature length we did is called life fine tune you see it over to the left and we won the um the International Family Film Festival in Hollywood actually beat out a DreamWorks movie, believe it or not. I mean, it was really pretty amazing. So that was our very first attempt at doing a uh, a feature length. And I got hooked on feature length after that. You know, feature length is more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I would highly encourage everyone to go here. Please do, because if you're anything like me and you're looking for good stuff to watch, you know, you know, just because we don't want, uh, you know, all the horrible stuff from Hollywood doesn't mean we want we don't want good television, good documentaries, good good movies and the like. Yeah, and everything we do is family friendly. It's all yes. family friendly. That that's yeah, that's my point <laughs> is that people need to go and check this out. So errvideo.com, you can get all of this great information in movies and documentaries and great things here. And you see the Emancipation Revelation Revolution. Uh, definitely check that out as well. So uh, again, this is this is great. Nina May, thank you so much for being on here. Um, I really appreciate it. This was great, great information. And I highly encourage all my listeners to go uh, check out errvideo.com. Nina, thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. And, and thank all of you for joining me on this episode of Feed Ace podcast with Nina May, a writer, producer, director, Renaissance Women's Productions. Really great stuff. Check it all out. Please check out all of my podcasts on um, all the different podcast apps, YouTube, Rumble, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on writeamericamedia.com. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. I know